You tuned in to Reverse Assimilation. We're your hosts, Lisa Saldivar and Jay Verrones. This is an audio archive unpacking the generational trauma of Mexican-Americans as a result of assimilation into American society, in hopes of reversing that shit. In this first collection of interviews, we focus on Mexican-Americans that have come to Mexico for a variety of reasons, and who all fall on different points of the assimilation spectrum. We got a lot of work to do, so let's get after it. So for the last interview in our first collection, we interviewed our studio mate, Jackie Russo. Jackie was born and raised in California, her mother a Mexican immigrant, and her father an American of Italian descent, making her effectively half Mexican. Interestingly enough, there are a lot of aspects about Jackie's interview that for those of us who grew up in a more already assimilated environment will find easily relatable. Jackie is a portrait and fine art photographer based here in Mexico. Much of her work here has been informed by ideas of assimilation, memory, and cultural identity. When we look at our work, we see beautiful form and color that construct a language that translates across cultural barriers. So let's get it started. So you could have moved to a number of different places. Why did you choose Mexico? I ended up choosing Mexico City in part for logistical reasons because I have dual citizenship. My mom is from Mexico. And then, of course, like a lot of my the personal work that I wanted to do centered around the idea of cultural identity and of what it would mean to live in Mexico as somebody who is half Mexican, whose mom is technically a Mexican immigrant, and like as someone also who didn't grow up necessarily being like, quote unquote, culturally Mexican. Um, I was very curious about like what it would feel like to live in this country and to improve my my knowledge of the language and to become more ingrained in the culture and explore that side of my heritage, which has proven to be much more complicated than I originally thought that it was. And what was your family's timeline for leaving Mexico for the U.S.? My grandfather, they, they're from northern Mexico. She's from Chihuahua. And uh, at the time, they were living in Ciudad Juarez. And my grandfather was going back and forth across the border, basically earning money and trying to set up a life over there. And eventually, in the late 50s, um, he was able to bring over my mom and her siblings and my grandma. Um, so they ended up in East L.A., um, my mom went to the U.S. when she was really small. She was maybe like two or three years old. Um, and yeah, she she didn't learn English or really have any like interaction with American culture until she started school. So she must have been like five or six. She lived in East L.A. until uh, my sister and I were like little kids. And then they moved us to Orange County. Um but yeah, until that point, they they lived in L.A. My parents both lived in L.A. their whole lives. So, Jackie, we know you from our personal lives and like our everyday lives. And we know that you have one Mexican parent and one Italian parent. And Lisa and I both have two parents that come from the same ethnic background. So, for example, like for me, like doesn't matter where I look by virtue of both of my parents being of Mexican descent. Everything I see is colored in the same cultural eth- ethnic identity. 
We wonder how that might factor into how you grasp your identity. You grasp it in a whole sense? Do you grasp it in a half sense, you know? Because a lot of this also has to do with proximity. The fact that your experience growing up on the Southern California border so close to Mexico, we would think that your experience is more inundated with your Mexican culture than your Italian, no? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, I I was closer to Mexi- my Mexican side in part because, yeah, my mom, you know, is technically, was technically a Mexican immigrant and my grandparents never really spoke like very fluent English. Um, and also I think it was by proxy of, of our location. You know, we, we were in LA and then, you know, in Orange County, we were in Southern California the whole time. So that culture is much more prevalent there anyways. I think like my connection with my Italian side is like truly just like if you took East Coast Italians and then like watered them down through the lens of putting them on the West Coast, like that's what my Italian side is like. So like the connection with the Mexican side definitely, definitely was stronger. And, you know, also like you study Spanish in high school, like it's it's just much more part of the culture of of Southern California in general. My relationship to being Mexican growing up was, when I look back on it now, it feels in some ways, superficial maybe isn't the right word, but like surface level, um, at least that's how I feel. And I, I think when I grew, when I was growing up, I didn't think about it. Like it just was how it was in that like, we, certain Spanish phrases were said in, in the house. Um, when we would go to my grandparents' house, we would stop at the Mexican supermarket and we would get all of our like Mexican staples. We would get a bunch of carnitas and tortillas and salsa and pan dulce and whatever to take to my grandparents' house or my grandma would cook tamales or whatever. Um, and like in a lot of ways, my idea of of being Mexican was contained in my grandparents' house because, or like in any at any family gathering because like that's when... I would have any experience of of that culture was like if my grandparents were there, that was when we were Mexican kind of. Um, and if they weren't, you know, we weren't like my mom is like she doesn't speak Spanish to us. She's white passing. She like is fully, fully assimilated to American culture. Um, so, yeah, Spanish is, is her first language and she's still I mean, she's not like academically fluent in it, but she's she is fluent and she can switch back and forth with no problem. But what does fully assimilated look like? That is a good question because, yeah, there isn't technically like one standard of like being an American and that's what you assimilate to. She grew up really very poor. You know, my she was one of six kids and my grandpa worked as like a milkman and like other odd jobs. So they never had money. Um, and I, I, she doesn't open up a lot about like what experiences, if any, she had of like discrimination aside from like when she was learning English and she had a really, really traumatizing time learning English. Um, but I'm sure that, that she and her family had, you know, experiences of discrimination and like hateful incidents, you know, being this like large Mexican family, with like chickens and roosters and everything like she doesn't ever talk about it but i i would have to imagine that like her clinging to this identity that she has now is 
is partly out of like fear of like returning to that. Yeah, and us as the offspring of that generation really begs the question, are we watching our folks choose status over propagating our own culture to us? Because that really breeds this unfortunate intergenerational resentment. You know, did you really choose buying into that shit over teaching us Spanish or teaching us the history of who we are in this country? There's also this recognition that we can't blame them because of the levels of discrimination and racism they experience clearly traumatized them to the point that was that it's even hard for them to talk about it. I think what happened was we didn't get the tools to deal with all of the generational trauma that they passed down to us because those tools weren't passed down to them either. I recognize why she did it and I know it's not her fault. Like she would have to be like some kind of crazy ass person to like not have done that, you know? And I can't fault her for like not being that person. <laughs> so switching gears a little bit, what was your relationship to Spanish growing up and how was it implemented in your life? My mom and her siblings only speak Spanish to my grandparents. Um, so at every family gathering, there's tons and tons of Spanish. And, you know, when you're a kid, like things just are the way that they are. So you're like, this is just how it is. Like, it didn't occur to me. Like, why don't, why did no one teach me Spanish? Like, why am I not in on this? Um, and when I started learning it, when I started studying it in high school or no, in middle school, um, I picked it up really, really fast. And like, I by no means am am I fluent in Spanish at this point. Like I am very embarrassed of my Spanish, but like learning the basics, I was like, oh, this makes, this language makes sense to me. And like, I would hear things that I had heard my whole life. I've been like, oh, now I know what that means. Or now I have context for that. Um, But I think that like, I, my relationship to the language has always been that like because I'm not fluent in it and because I have an accent and like you know it's it's not my it's not like a true language of mine um I almost feel like really self-conscious about like associating that with like making me like more Mexican um and I think I when I was younger I used to like I used to kind of be like I'm Mexican and Italian. Like, isn't that interesting? And now I'm like so self-conscious about saying that I'm Mexican, not because I don't want to be Mexican, but because I'm like, oh, I I don't like actually, I don't speak the language. And like, I, I don't know as much about the history of the country or like of the culture as I would like to. And so I feel like I'm not a good like representative of being a Mexican American. And I, I'm like, there are people who are way better at being Mexican American than me. Yeah. So what's your association relationship to Chicanismo and what about your parents? Something that I've realized in the, in the time kind of that I've lived here, like in the last few years is that like Chicano culture is it's like, it's really its own thing. So like, when I think of that kind of, that quintessential like Chicano accent and like the look and the style and the art that goes along with it, like it doesn't necessarily mean closer to Mexico, it means Chicano, like that's its own identity. Um, And my mom, like maybe a year ago said this thing that like, she obviously grew up in East LA. I had asked her about like 
La Raza and the Chicano rights movement that happened in LA while she was in high school in East LA. Like while she was attending that high school, her high school participated in a walkout as part of the Chicano rights movement. And she did not, she has no memory of this. And like, mom, I have like the year here. I have like the the like your high school like I'm looking at the facts I'm showing them to you and she's like I remember this movement she's like I remember La Raza like I remember that happening and she was like but I didn't participate in this and like I don't remember that walkout so yeah I I she does like technically identify as Mexican but like not at all outwardly I've never heard her like tell someone who didn't know that she was Mexican that she was. And yeah, I I know like even when I was getting my Mexican passport, when we were going through the process, obviously like she had to she had to be present for a lot of it. Um and we had to like get her her Mexican passport first because she didn't have one. And the whole time she like she was so anxious and she was like, Do you think that there's a way that they could deport me? And I was like, no, mom, you're literally an American citizen. Like, <laughs> you have a social security number. Your passport is here. You've, you're married to an American. You have kids. Like, no, there's no way that they can deport you at this point. You naturalized. Like, <laughs> you did it. And how did she feel about you deciding to move back to Mexico? I think she's into it. It's. It seems to me that, like, she, she likes certain aspects of it, like, I'll tell her about things that I do here and it'll like bring back a memory for her of like, oh, that's that's what we used to do when we were kids or like, oh, I forgot, totally forgot about like that type of food or like that phrase or, you know, whatever. Just like this one, this thing that Mexicans do that like I actually do have a connection with that she, I'd never heard of any of these things in my life. Um, So I think she enjoys that aspect of it. So you've been living in Mexico for about two years now. Do you feel like since you've moved here, the way you viewed your identity has evolved at all? I imagine a lot of people feel this way, not just Mexican-Americans, but like many people in general, especially like children of immigrants. Um, I feel like I'm in a little bit of like identity limbo because I never really identified with like a lot of my peers um, but I certainly didn't identify with like the the Mexican community that was in Orange County. And there is like a huge, huge Mexican community. Like I, I know like at my high school, a huge percentage of the student body was Mexican, but I never really had any interaction with those kids except when I would like teach ESL kids English. Um, and looking back, I'm like, wow, I wish that I had like formed relationships with those kids and like learned from them instead of like being so programmed to believe that like I should just be teaching them English and that was all that they needed. And I think that identity has only gotten like more convoluted and cloudy since coming here (laughs) because now I go back to the States and I feel less, you know, even less like authorized to be like, yeah, I'm Mexican. I'm like, oh, I live in Mexico and it's weird. And like, I don't know who I am. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what my identity is. Also, like, I mean, I I hate to to say this because I wish that it wasn't true, but like there is like an aesthetic factor. Like I I don't look quote unquote Mexican. I don't look what like what people's idea of what Mexican people look like is. 
So that plays a lot into me being like, I, I don't want to claim this identity. So as we're wrapping up, I'm realizing we did a pretty good job of opening up a conversation that probably a lot of us haven't had before, or at least at this depth. I'm hoping that that helps us all feel a little bit more involved in working towards a solution to really solidify our identity so we can affect each other on an individual level and then get to helping each other on a community level. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I, I hope that we can have like some small hand <laughs> in doing that. Um, I think like, I know Lisa and I have talked about this a bunch where like just having these conversations with people who had about healing in a way, like the three of us have talked about this before, but even so, like this conversation has been somewhat therapeutic. Um, and like every time that I talk to somebody who has, you know, had a similar experience and ha maybe hasn't even thought of it before, like it's helpful for both of us. Um, so yeah, I think even just the, the beginning step of opening up the conversation is, is a really big, important thing. Jackie, thanks so much for being so open with us today. And um, we really want to end by asking you if you could give advice to a younger version of yourself, what would it be? Man, I would tell myself to spend so much more time with my grandparents. I would have asked them so many more questions. It never occurred to me when I was a kid to ask them about Mexico before the U.S. Um, and my grandpa passed away when I was uh, I think a freshman in college. Um, and my grandma in the last year had a stroke and, and her memory is kind of gone. And I, I really wish even to myself two years ago, I would have said like, call your grandma and like ask her questions because that knowledge, all of that is gone. That would absolutely be the thing that I would tell myself. It's like, spend more time with your grandparents. And also just like, learn from people that you that you wouldn't expect to learn from like I said with the like with the ESL kids that I would teach English to in high school I wish that I had talked to them more like I never I don't think I ever asked a single one of them like why are you here where where did you come from how do you feel about being here what are you going through it just never occurred to me like that wasn't how I was brought up to think and and I think I missed out on learning so much from all of these people that I interacted with and maybe missed out on some friendships, but could have been like a really significant part of my life. Once again, we appreciate y'all tuning in for our interview with our friend Jackie Russo. It's time we're gonna send you off with another clip from a 1971 CBS segment on Chicanismo. The Lombardos are a long way from Rome or Naples. The Kowalskis are 4,000 miles from Warsaw or Krakow. If Poland or Italy were right next door, Polish Americans or Italian Americans might still be more Polish or Italian than American in speech and custom. Well, the barrios of the southwestern United States are next door to Mexico, and Mexican-Americans do not easily escape the mother country's influence, nor do they wish to. Hey, 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 hey,
fight their wars But what did we win Opportunities to keep us in the ghetto, try to keep us on our knees. 